if you want to find your way back to your seat. It's super good to be with you all today. If you didn't notice, I'm usually a low tenor. Today I'm a bass. <laughs> um, I got sick Monday, and uh, I'm still a little froggy, so you're going to have to put up with it today. That's why I let you talk longer today, so you don't have to listen to my froggy voice too much. Uh, two things before we get started. I know we've had a lot. Uh, by the way, I just sprung announcements on Brian, so great job, Brian. Thank you, man. Um, two things. Uh, the first is a building update. I'm sure you're all curious um, what's going on with our building. So we were able to sign on uh, for another six months um, after the end of this year. So we have a lease now that runs through June. That gives us some time to explore our different options as far as where God wants us, where we want to land. Um, we've been looking at other space. Um, we've been um, approached about potentially a space downtown. Um, and so we're just trying to ask God, God, where do you want us? Where do you want us as your church? Where do you want us to be positioned? So anyways, if you would just join in me uh, with, in prayer about that. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, my main uh, emotion after hearing we had another six months here was relief. <laughs> it was, okay, whew, okay, we don't have to move anywhere. We're not packing up and moving the week after Christmas. I love that. That's good. So, um, so yeah, six more months is going to give us some time to figure out, like, hey, do we want to stay here? Do we want to pursue this? Or, or is God opening another door, literally? So if you'd be praying with us in that. The second thing is on Christmas Day, the whole network is doing a, uh, a, like, a, like a Christmas Day video that will include all campuses. And this is our moment right now. I get to take a selfie video of all of you saying Merry Christmas. Are you excited about this? <laughs> we are jumping into December hard right now. If I could get everybody to get in this middle row real close, and I know I'm sick, so I'll stand way back here. Um, yeah, but we're going we're gonna to do this, and I'm going to use CGI to fill out the rest of the seats later. Um, let's see. Yeah, stand up. You know what? This is a joyous thing. I know, I am very demanding. Look at this. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, okay, let's see. Let's see. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, hey, from all of us at CTK Blaine, God bless, and, and I'll turn around, and you guys will say, Merry Christmas, okay? <laughs> if somebody doesn't say Merry Christmas, we're going to have to do more takes. You got it? <laughs> so, okay. All right, here we go. Hey, it's Tyler from CTK Blaine. This is our church. Uh, woo! We just want to say God bless and... Merry Christmas! All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Good job. You can go back to your seats. I will not be in trouble tomorrow, and it's all because of you guys. Way to go. We did it. I love you guys. I love that. Thank you. So it is December. It is that season. It's Christmas. And Christmas is the time. It's, it's been the time for centuries where the church has celebrated the advent of Christ, uh, the incarnation of Jesus. And I'm excited to start this series today called Encounter. Um, but before we do that, let's pray. God, thank you so much for uh, all that you do. 
Lord, thank you for, as we talked about today, sustaining us through um, difficult seasons, through sickness, through change. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for the gift of this space. Um, Lord, that we, uh, we get to stay in for six more months, God, as we pursue your will. We pray, God, that you would um, open the door, open your doors, God. Um, Lord, as we open your word today, I pray that you would open our hearts. Lord, that this Christmas season, as we talk about encounter, that it wouldn't be a season where we, where we don't look to you or we just get comfortable, but it would be a season of encounter with you. Lord, where we, we experience you deeper. So, Lord, I pray for that today, God, that we would experience your love deeper, um, that this would be a season of pressing in um, and, uh, and seeing you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I got some liquids up here, so I should be able to make it through. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, this is a time, Christmas is a time for centuries where we, where we take Advent, we look to the coming of Christ, uh, the incarnation of Jesus, uh, when God became man and dwelt among us, where God invaded a dark world with his light. That's a special time. Sometimes we think about that when it comes to Christmas, and sometimes we might think about other things. Um, maybe during Christmas we might be excited about parties, uh, about goodies. Um, Whose who's grandparents made the best treats, Christmas treats? Any classics? All right. Um, the Christmas sweater technology is getting pretty elaborate these days, if you haven't noticed. My family, we all kind of like Lord of the Rings, and there are some amazing Lord of the Rings Christmas sweaters now. Um, but there's, we, we watch ads that are totally unrealistic, you know, brand new SUVs with a big red sash on the top, like a gift to mom and dad. That's never gonna happen, sorry. <laughs> mom and dad, that will never be, that will never be me. Um, but there's a couple different things that going on at Christmas. There's the celebration of the, the newborn king. And there's also a, a, a lure to retreat into comfort. And so this year, um, as we gathered, we actually are doing this series. A, a group of CTK pastors got together and talked. It's like, you know, this year, we don't want to make it too cute. We just want to make it real, you know? We want to we go after the spirit of what Christmas is about. And, and we, so we landed on the idea of encounter with God. That, that Christmas is an ultimate expression of encounter with God. And we're going to focus on the story of Mary and her encounter with God. And how that changed everything. So I'm really excited about this series. Um, and I'm really excited about the, getting into the story of Mary and Mary's song that she sings. Because um, it's just powerful. And so really in this series, we want to look at how God encounters us. God desires an encounter with each of us. A personal, life-changing encounter. He wants us to experience him in a real way, not a distant way. God is not cold and far. He's near. He's here. He's here right now. I was reading Psalm 139 this morning. And David says, where can I go to get away from your presence? Like, there's nowhere God isn't. And so, uh, but there are also times of deep encounter with God, where he changes our lives through being close to us. And so, 
to set the stage of this idea of encounter and what's happening at Christmas, I thought we'd start today by reading John 1, because John 1 gives us the macro view, the big view of this God encountering earth. So this is John 1, 9. Let's, we're just going to read it this morning. And it says this. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and, th and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came full of grace and truth. True light came into the world. God entered our space in a whole new way, in a whole new way. And so the story of Christmas, what you see from this passage, it isn't that we were ready for it. We weren't ready to encounter God. Uh, we hadn't prepared ourselves. We weren't good enough, but he came anyway. And I believe the same is true today. We're not ready to encounter God. We're not prepared. We're not worthy, but God encounters us anyway. God meets us anyway. And the story of Christmas is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, invaded a dark world that wasn't looking for him, that didn't even want him, but he came anyway. God's encounter of humanity was all his decision. His decision. We were the ones lost, fumbling around in the dark, and he came down. Now, when you think... It didn't have to be that way. When you think about how God might have chosen to encounter us, it may, you may have this picture of the man upstairs, and the kids are goofing around downstairs, and the man upstairs says, hey, knock it off, right? That might be the picture you have of a distant God, right? Like, God, oh, hey, knock it off. This is your last warning. Don't make me smite you, you know? But that's not how God came. He came in the form of this vulnerable baby, given to us. It wasn't angry. It wasn't distant. It was close and vulnerable. And so Christmas is not a vision of an angry God. It's a vision of a close God that says, hey, God is near. Do you want to meet him? Do you want to meet him? Like meeting a newborn baby, right? There's, there's, that's a precious moment, right? When your best friend or or a, a brother or sister has a baby when you meet that baby that's like a very precious moment and this is God's kind of precious moment of hey do you want to meet me it's pretty cool and there have been times in my life um, I, I would say today yes yes I want to meet you I want to worship you but there have been times in my life where I've been like I don't know I don't know because I'm a little worried about what meeting God might do might do for me. I might have to change some things if I meet God. There have been times in my life where I didn't really want God around. I didn't want God's authority telling me what to do. I didn't really want to be changed. I just kind of wanted to stay in my lane and do what I was doing. One thing that encounters the presence of God uh, in the Old Testament and New Testament is this idea of, of holy fear. Like when we meet God, we can't not be changed. 
We have to be changed when we see the holiness of God and the beauty of God. Think of Isaiah 6 and his vision of God um, as he's in the throne room of God. And here's this prophet lying prostrate on the floor saying, Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. You know, there's this sense of, oh, I, I can feel my darkness when light comes in. And that's what, ha that's what can keep us away sometimes from pursuing encounter with God is like, what is God going to expose in me? I don't want God to expose anything. <laughs> I, I kind of like how things are set up right now. But God, when his light comes in, he doesn't do it to, to, to be a jerk. He does it because he loves us. So that we can walk in the light as he is in the light. And sometimes we don't want to do that. Like at Christmas, right? What are we going to focus on at Christmas? We could focus on the festivity, the lights, the parties, all of that. We could kind of drown the God story out. But when we make Jesus central, he works on us. He works on our hearts. He works on our, our relationships and our families. And it's beautiful. So that's the invitation this Christmas, to step out of a, a controlled environment where I set all the parameters and to step into the light of Jesus, the light of Christ. To not avoid God, to not, to not kind of push him aside and focus on spending, uh, focus on parties, focus on comfort, but to really seek God's presence this Christmas. And so what we're going to do is we'll see in this story um, we'll see how Mary encountered God and how it brought two things to her life. It, encountering God in Mary's life brought enormous blessing and enormous disruption. That's what we're going to look at today, that this encounter with God uh, completely blessed Mary and blessed us through Mary, but it also brought a complete disruption. So that's what we're going to look at today. And we're going to um, start by reading Mary's story this morning in Luke 1, 26. It says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. It's probably good I'm a bass for my uh, angel voice this morning. But not, not so much for Mary, um, but anyways, it keeps going. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So there's a lot going on here. Um, this event happened six months after another pretty significant event. Uh, the, uh, Elizabeth's conception of John the Baptist, where she's older and um, past the time of having babies, and, and then God gives this promise of, of her son, John the Baptist, and Elizabeth is Mary's older cousin, 
and um, John the Baptist is the one who's going to go and prepare the way for Jesus, and they're only about six months apart, so Jesus only needs like about a six-month lead-up to, you know, his ministry, maybe, I don't know. Um, but anyway, so this is a moment where God sends an angel named Gabriel to visit this young woman named Mary. And you may have heard this before, um, but this is a different culture than ours. So when we're talking about a young woman, um, boys and girls in, uh, in, in Hebrew um, society would have their like coming of age time uh, right around 13 or 14. For girls, that meant they could marry while, when they were teenagers. Mary's a teenager at this point. She's very young. She has her whole life in front of her. And, um, and at this point, until God showed up, everything was going according to plan. She had met a nice guy named Joseph. They were supposed to be married. Everything was getting, and, and at that time, that was like financial security for, uh, for a woman. So it was sort of like all the ducks were uh, in a row, you know, and, and she was doing everything right. And, um, and then all of a sudden, God comes up and ruins everything. <laughs> <coughs> sorry um, yeah <clears throat> sorry I gotta take a minute here <clears throat> it's getting real low real low okay all right uh, and this this uh, this story makes clear like Mary is is doing everything right like she's a she's a virgin her and Joseph have not slept together they're trying to honor God honor their their father and mother honor their society so they they're obviously doing everything they can to do that and uh, here this angel comes and appears to her and if you had an angel show up it might be a little frightening right if an angel showed up in your life I don't know exactly what he looked like probably not like touched by an angel right but it looked like like a real angel that would be frightening just a little history, because we don't talk about angels every week. The word angel means messenger in the Bible. They are messengers from God, servants from God. Um, we don't see angels, but, but, but they are servants of God that he, uh, <clears throat> he uses, and they have, uh, they have names. There's two, there's two angels in Scripture that are named, and one is uh, Michael, and the other is Gabriel. And Gabriel shows up here. He also shows up in Daniel 8. So this is the second time we see the angel Gabriel. Um, he shows up and, and gives the prophet Daniel a message. We're actually going to look at Daniel next year um, in a sermon series. But the good news is the first words out of Gabriel's mouth is, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Which, if you had an angel show up, you would want quick reassurance that everything was going to be okay. Like, are you here to bless me or smite me? Like, what's going on here? So, um, good that he straightened that up. He says, you are highly favored, that the Lord is with you. And that Lord is with you, that promise is all throughout Scripture, from, from beginning to end. Um, all, all sorts of promises, whether it's Joshua or in Haggai or here, or his, to his disciples after he leaves, there's this repeated theme that God is with you. <clears throat> and that is supposed to bring comfort. That is supposed to bring um, peace and faith. So when something crazy happens, we can hold on to the promise that God is with us. 
And so, um, here it is repeated, the Lord is with you. Now, she, it says that she was greatly troubled at these words. I mean, in the, that sense of greatly troubled, it literally means she was confused. What is going on? Why me? She's just an obscure teenage girl, and here is this mighty angel standing before her, saying that the, that, that the Lord is with her. So she's, she's very confused, and sometimes when, when we hear something from God or when God speaks something to us, our first response isn't, oh, I get that. It's confusion. Like, God, what are you trying to tell me? And um, I know in, in my prayer times where, where God's put an impression on me or impression on, on uh, or in, in Bonnie's times in prayer as well, there'll be, we'll get like a word and we won't understand what that means. But then if you bring it into community, it's like, oh, it becomes more clear. But often the first response we have when we really hear from God is confusion. And so for Mary, she's feeling like, what? What is God doing? Is, why, is, why is there an angel here? What is going on? So she's greatly troubled. She was troubled by all she was experiencing in that moment. But only briefly, because Gabriel then speaks very specifically about the purpose of his visit, why he's there, what he wants to do. He tells Mary the plan straight up, which is awesome. If you, if you ever get a very specific word from God, he does it. It's very, uh, it's very powerful, right? It's very powerful. And if you, if you read how the Holy Spirit operates in Scripture, it's often very, very specific. It's often very specific. Sometimes we don't give enough God enough credit for how specifically he can speak to us. So he says, again, don't be afraid. So again, he says, don't be afraid. I love that. It's like more reassurance. Like, I know you're feeling some fear right now, Mary. But he's like, don't be afraid. And we need to remember that God is always in control. And he's always in it for our good. So... Gabriel tells Mary what to not be afraid, uh, to be afraid about, to prepare her for what is coming next. And that is both blessing in her life and disruption in her life. And if you read, she will be blessed forevermore, right? Because she is going to bear Jesus. She's going to be the mother of, of Jesus. And just to clarify, we, we, you know, we're not we don't elevate Mary to like a, like a deity status or anything. I mean, we're, we don't hold to like a, like a Catholic view of Mary, but we, we don't pray to Mary. But um, she's still blessed, right? She, she carried Jesus. She was the mother of Jesus. So it's okay to call her blessed because she would bear the Savior. Um, and, and so the angel Gabriel says, you found favor with God. God is blessing you that she will bear the king, you know, the king uh, who would be the king on David's throne, not just for a little while, but forever. So there is like eternal perspective of blessing here. Like this is going to be awesome. It's going to change everything. God's going to use you for like an eternal purpose that you would have no clue about, wouldn't understand. Like it's going to reverberate forever, like powerful, powerful, powerful blessing, blessing, blessing. But what does that mean in the immediate for Mary? Does it feel like blessing? You're going to be a teenage mom? 
You're going to be like misunderstood by pretty much everybody. That doesn't sound like a blessing. It's not like a blessing like she won the lottery or she won a cruise or sometimes um, Bonnie enters like the HGTV Dream Home Sweepstakes, you know, and every year we're like, this is the year, you know. We're going to get that mansion in Rhode Island, and then, then we're going to have to decide, hmm, Blaine or Rhode Island? I don't know. Um, so, it, but it's not like that kind of a blessing. It's like, hey, I'm blessing you with something extremely hard. It's going to rattle your life and change it forever. You excited? You ready for it? The reality was disruption, disruption, disruption. And often in our lives, God's blessings come with disruption. They go together. And they went together here for Mary. Here she was, a teenage girl with her whole life ahead of her, set up. She had her husband. They were betrothed, which at that point was, it, you couldn't really call off an engagement. To call off an engagement at that time was, it was like equal to getting a divorce. So there was, there was, she was pretty much locked in, and then here this angel comes and just flips it all on its head. You know, if uh, she could have been misunderstood to the point uh, of being um, taken as someone who, who had had sex before marriage, and they could have drug her out and stoned her in the streets legally at that time, because it was honor and, or dishonor and embarrassment, and just because of being misunderstood. God would have seen her, but how would everybody else react? So in that moment, as she's hearing this plan and hearing blessing, I can't help but think she was thinking about the cost, thinking about the disruption, thinking about how, what that would mean in the immediate. Like, that's going to be really hard. Part of growing as a Christian is moving from an immediate mindset to a long-term mindset, right? To, to see even the pain we go through, not just as like, how can I alleviate this in this moment, but what is God doing over the long haul, right? Is there a blessing in this? I thought of James 1 as I read this, because for sure, this blessing that Mary would have meant suffering. I thought of James 1, and it famously says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God wants us to see that some of the things, not all of the things, but some of the things that we suffer for him, the pain that we suffer for him, there's blessing in it, right? There's blessing in our pain. There's discipline in our pain. And Mary would receive this crazy news and would be, uh, would be told to see the blessing, to see the blessing. And all of us go through different hardships, go through different difficulties, go through different trials, griefs, pains, attacks, all sorts of different things. And if we can see, not just in the immediate, but we can, if we can trust God for the long haul, we can trust that, God, you know what you're doing. 
And even if I don't see blessing today, I trust that there is blessing tomorrow or later. So the question that is left in this story is how would Mary respond? Would Mary choose to receive it? Would she reject it? We're going to go ahead and read verse 34. Mary's first question, which is a good question, is how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin, right? How does this even make sense? You know, Mary had been faithful, been faithful to God, been faithful to Joseph. And she asks this practical question, how is this going to happen? So the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Mary says this, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So I should be clear to say when this, when it talks about the Holy Spirit, when Luke talks about this event of, of this um, immaculate conception, it's a miracle. There's nothing sexual in this at all. He makes it clear that this is just a, a miraculous, mysterious thing that God is going to do um, in Mary, and and um, that it's just going to be something that's just un unheard of, incomprehensible. So he does that and, and explains it. But then something else is interesting. He goes straight to Elizabeth. Sometimes when we're like, we need encouragement, God takes us outside of our story and, and shows us someone else's story. That's what he does here. He says, well, look at Elizabeth and what I did with Elizabeth. And what also is cool about this is that he gives Mary someone who sees her during this time like a really close companion, like something a miraculous happened in Elizabeth, and now something miraculous is happening in Mary, and the beauty is they get to go through it together, right? They get to, um, if nobody sees Mary, Elizabeth will see Mary. I think that's pretty cool. So it's a good reminder, too, that, like, if we have trouble seeing the blessing of what God's doing, man, pray for that that friendship, that companion, yes. to come alongside, to see you, to see what God is doing in you. It's powerful. Yes. You know, what we don't need when we're going through something often is like people who see us but don't understand. That's called pity. Nobody likes pity, right? But when people see you and, and understand, that's called empathy. It's a lot more powerful. And so Mary has Elizabeth. Even Joseph is going to try to put her away quietly, it says, in another place. But Elizabeth will see her and understand. When life gets disrupted, often God gives us those friends who come along and see us for where we're at. So with this promise of God, with this promise of a friend, uh, Mary makes this declaration, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. This is called obedience. This is called obedience. When we say yes to God's will, and when we accept the blessing with the disruption, 
that is called obedience. When we align ourselves under the authority of God, when we say, God, I'm all yours, do with me what your will is. So that's, this is m obedience in the life of Mary. It's easy, it seems easy to be obedient when there's not much on the line, but we all have these moments, and it's probably not as uh, epic as Mary's, but we all have these moments of obedience. Like, am I going to align myself under God and his will, or am I going to do my own thing? And we have opportunity after opportunity, and the encouragement of Mary's life, even when everything is on the line, align yourself under the authority of God because there is blessing and it is the most blessed life faith is knowing that a little bit of disruption is worth a whole lot of blessing right so this isn't just a story about Christmas this is a story about everyday life and this is a story to read when our lives get disrupted. And I'm not comparing every story to Mary's story. And I'm not saying that every bad thing that happens is so that you might experience a blessing. Um, but when we follow God, when we follow God, what does he say in Romans 8? He says, all things work together for good. All things work together for good, that there will be blessing. There will be blessing if we trust Jesus with everything. And I, I love seeing when, when uh, us in this church, there's so many people who allow their lives to get disrupted to follow Jesus. It, whether that's into loving their neighbors really well, caring for people, or even volunteering to, to care uh, for this building, this church. Um, there's, uh, there, I've seen it time and time again, and it's, it's awesome. So here's the challenge uh, for you today. If you want to live a life blessed by God, you must allow him to disrupt it. These things go hand in hand. The disruption and the blessing of God. Obedience often means a disruption of something that, that we might want to hang on to, but there is a blessing. And it may mean a lot of different things. It may mean God is asking you to be less of a consumer, to downsize so that you can give more. That might be the disruption. Um, it may mean instead of just thinking about retirement as the sun and the golf course, uh, thinking about how, where you can serve, and how you can give, and, and the community around you not just your own individual life. But at the end of the day, the blessing of God is directly tied to our obedience to him. Sometimes that obedience might just be being, being faithful and staying on the path when life is really tough and life is really hard. But my prayer this morning is that we would experience that in our life. We are all going to have these moments where, where, where life will be turned upside down, where there will be disruption. And my prayer is that, that we won't flinch and that we'll have the courage to say yes to God. Because one day we're all going to stand before God with, with our life that for him to examine. 
And what, what won't matter at that time is our plans. What will matter is how faithful we were to God's plan and his will. Our faithfulness. That's what will matter. Did we do the things that God asked us to do? And it's easy to avoid that today. It's easy to hide. Um, it's easy to just be a consumer when you think about Christmas and just kind of get caught up in the, in the lights and the glitz and the, the movies and the hot chocolate. And I, I like that stuff, you know. I'm in, I'm in on that. But it would be so much more powerful and beautiful if we, if we really focus on Christ in this season. In how can I encounter Christ to not let all that stuff push him aside just so that we can relax but to really push in and know him more I was encouraged this week listening to uh, Eugene Peterson talk about um, that so many of us want to be leaders right like I want to lead well and he said but being a leader is not your primary identity being a follower is your primary identity. You're not judged on how well you can do everything. You're judged on your willingness to obey, right? Can I obey? Can I follow Jesus? I am a follower of Christ. Am I following him? Right? This, it, Mary's story is an example of encounter and obedience. I am your servant. Do with me as you will. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Um, your will be done, your kingdom come. So I want to end this morning with Jesus' words from John 10, 27. And just as we close as an encouragement about listening and encountering God, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. This is the promise of God, that no one who follows me will be snatched from my hand. We might look at disruption and think, like, where is the blessing in that? The, the blessing, ultimately, is security in Christ and in his love, that he, he has us and that he will never let us go, not just now, but for eternity. Right? Our hope is ultimately not here. It's in eternity. But Jesus has us. And his sheep hear his voice. And he knows them. And they follow. So my encouragement is that we would be sheep that would hear God's voice and obey and follow. Even this Christmas when everybody wants you to do a million different things, it's easy to get distracted. Listen to the voice of God. That is the biggest blessing. Let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, we, uh, Lord, we desire to hear from you. God is your people, and we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for Mary. We thank you for this example of encountering God and responding in obedience. And Lord, I would pray that you would help us to live it out, that obedience is a journey of step-by-step step saying yes, saying yes to God. So Lord, I don't know what the next yes is. 
uh, on everyone's hearts. We're all in a different place. But if God's put something on, on your heart this morning that he's asking you to say yes to, I pray that the Spirit would give you power to say yes this morning. Say yes to God, whatever that is. Whether it's an area of conviction, whether it's something that, that feels really tough or, or really challenging and you need God's help to get you, uh, get you through it, give Him your yes. Say yes to the, the blessing and the disruption. We can do that because we know God is good. So Lord, help us to trust you more. Help us to hear your voice. Lord, maybe we haven't felt like we've heard your voice for a long time. Lord, now, right now, Lord, would you speak to us? God, don't let us walk out of this door without hearing from you. Because, Lord, you love us. Lord, you aren't distant. Lord, you're near. You're willing to be vulnerable. You're willing to make yourself known, even in this way, even in the story of Christmas. This forgotten baby who was born in an inn, the Son of God. So, Lord, I pray for encounter this, this season. I pray for a new encounter, a fresh encounter of God that isn't static, that doesn't just stay in the room, but changes our lives. Lord, I ask that for each person here. May they receive from you. Christmas is about a posture of receiving. Lord, we received a gift we didn't even know we were looking for. We didn't even know we needed. Yet you gave. So, Lord, I pray that you would allow us to receive the gift again. And not just the knowledge of Jesus, but your presence, your spirit at work in our lives. God, open us up. Allow us to receive. Allow us to hear. And allow us to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close with worship this morning if you want to stand with us. Uh, just a reminder, kids, after worship, uh, we're going to do a uh, practice, a run-through for the Christmas Eve service. So adults, you can hang out too, but it might spoil Christmas Eve. So.